Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter here with Ray Fittipato here in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. We got a chance to talk to Steelers GM Omar Khan. We'll break down the most important things he said and our opinions and responses to, the, to, to what he said and how that's going to impact the Steelers' plans moving forward. All that here and more on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipaldo. We both write for the Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com for all of the written work there. Ray's been doing a lot of great work writing about the Combine. We've been you know, tag-teaming with Jerry Dulac. It's been a fun trip and all, but Steelers GM Omar Khan spoke, so we're going to get into that shortly. As a reminder, this show is also always brought to you by my Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, it's right on right on the North Shore on Federal Street, right across the street from BNC Park. They were 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local area, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap every single day. But let's get into the Omar Khan talk here, Ray. And the, I think the biggest h- highlight that was definitely talked about was the quarterback situation. Acknowledging like, hey, we only got one quarterback on, under the roster. He said a few. He said several different items that I thought were important, you know, to at least hold on to. Now, a reminder: when GMs and everybody's talking here at these things, they're trying to give you non-answers. Their 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 responses aren't always answers, quote unquote, because they're not trying to tip their hand to the world as far as what their plans are. Because when people know their plans, then they can get in the way of them. So a lot of these aren't going to be like emphatic statements that tell what they're going to do, but you can read between the lines. Now, addressing quarterback, he said they, they have, quote unquote, have full faith in Kenny Pickett, but he also said that they're that they're looking to bring in competition. Um, he also said that they've spoken to Mason Rudolph's representatives about what could happen there. The, he discussed so many different other options. The one thing I thought was interesting, Ray, was he laughed, he, he kind of laughed at, like you know, when the the Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins questions were were, were brought up, and I, I thought it kind of showed that like, hey, the obvious thing here is he. This is confirming the Steelers aren't just giving up on Kenny Pickett. Yeah, absolutely. Um, plus the fact that the owner has now said they want Mason Rudolph back. Uh, Mike Tomlin said that, and now the GM said it too. So you know that's their other priority is to get uh, Mason Rudolph to be the backup. But, yeah, I mean, Chris, we've, we've said it all along. 
They want and need to find out about Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. this coming season. Um, Mike Tomlin has re- uh, referred to it as a huge year. Um, it's a make or break year. He's either going to be this team's starter going forward, or they're going to have to start the process over again next season and try to find a new um, you know, quarterback to lead them into the future. So th- this was always going to be the case. I know there's been a lot of outside noise about – this guy and that guy and trades and, you know, free agency and, uh, you know, everything. But um, from the day the season ended and we heard Mike Tomlin talk about it and he told us the starter was in the building, we knew that this was going to be Kenny Pickett's team. So everything else that happens between now and the draft, even after the draft, it's all about is Mason Rudolph going to be the backup? And then if so, if he is, that's fine. you got to go out and find – Number three, if Mason's not going to be the backup, you got to go out and find yourself, um, you know, a Ryan Tannehill or somebody like that um, to go into the season with. Now, now here's another thing here, Ray. Omar Khan talked about the want for competition. He said he even brought up how he said that last year. That's a big focus there. But, you know, he's again, he said it last year and it wasn't a real quarterback competition in last year's training camp. You know, Mike Tomlin acknowledged that they, they want to bring in competition and it will, you know, it can be a competition in training camp for Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, when, when when they have that, that next next season or when in, when they go back to Latrobe in, in August. But if, you know, if, if we're if we're reading into that, OK, but if this is Kenny Pickett's team, is it going to is that just kind of just, you know, a word salad about that? Or, or do you think it's actually going to be a competition next year? I, I think there's going to be a competition. I, I don't think you want to hand Kenny Pickett anything. I think that would be a bad look, Chris, especially Agreed. after the way Mason Rudolph played at the end of the season. You know, people aren't stupid. They could open up the stat sheet just like you and I can. Mm-hmm. They could look at the yards game. They could look at the points scored when Mason Rudolph was the quarterback, and then they could look at what Kenny Pickett did, and there was a stark difference. So, um, now listen, it's a new offense now, you know, Maybe Mason Rudolph had a better grasp of, of Matt Canada's playbook. Um, so, it, you know, it's a totally new deal now going forward. They're both going to be learning a new offense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this you don't want to hand Kenny Pickett anything. You want him to earn it. You want him to work hard. I think competition makes everyone better. I know it's a cliche, but it really does. I think when you want everyone to sort of be uh, – uh, you know, to be on point as the season gets started. So, you know, if Kenny Pickett wins that job, fine, he's your starter. That's great. But if Mason Rudolph is clearly the better quarterback in the spring and summer, I think Omar and Mike and all those guys owe it um, to the players in that locker room to put the best player on the field so they can win games this year. And he also talked to Omar, Omar that is, talked about Arthur Smith and, you know, his impact and how much things might change or, you know, not as much changed, but just kind of you'll become more pointed in the right direction. What did you? What was your readout as far as him talking about Arthur Smith? Because was that the? I think that is the first time we've gotten a chance to yeah. talk to him or anyone you know about, about Arthur Smith. Yeah, so you know he mentioned a couple of times. I, I think there was a question posed to him: does, Has Arthur Smith in his new offense has that changed your approach? to scouting these players in the draft or free agency. And Omar said it does a little bit, but it's not, you know, they didn't really tear apart what they're doing and, and redo their draft. So that tells me that 
Arthur's going to have a little bit of influence maybe on not the players that they draft, but maybe the types of players that they draft, right? So maybe there's a certain right. – maybe when Arthur Smith came in, he knew he needed a big center who mm. can hold the line of scrimmage, and Mason Cole wasn't that fit. So they go, okay, Mason, we're going to release you. We got to go out and find a big center over 300 pounds who could hold that line of scrimmage, and that's the type of guy I want in my middle of my offense. And you could project that out anywhere. I mean, I know we're reading between the lines here, but the fact that Omar didn't come out and say we're going to pick up the fifth-year option on Najee Harris, what does that mean? Is that just def- deference to Arthur Smith because he wants Arthur to have some say-so say so in that, or are they still really trying to figure that out? I mean, to me, we've talked about this since the season ended. Mm-hmm. I mean – why wouldn't you pick it up? It's a cheap option. Exactly. It's like less, less than $7,000. So unless he's not a fit for Arthur Smith's offense, he's going to be, they're going to pick up that option and he'll be on the roster in 2025 too. So again, I mean, that perked my ears up a little bit, but um, like you said at the top, Chris, I don't want to read too much into anything um, Omar said today. He just could be, you know, playing his cards close to the vest for whatever reason when he's talking about Najee and the rookie option. I, I, absolutely. I, I think that's the thing there. And yeah, I think it's like six something million that like it would be. And that's, again, that's like nothing for, million. yeah. 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 So they're, they're fine. Like, like, like that, that's, they, I think they can be patient about that. And he even said, we have until May. And also like the Steelers are doing a lot right now. They've hired a lot of new staff. Like this is, they've, they've had to make a lot of moves. They got a new offensive coordinator, a lot of new co- coaching positions while they're still scouting and looking for guys. Sometimes certain things that you kind of know are going to happen get put on the back burner. Like, for example, Mike Tomlin's extension. When is that coming? It's coming. It's going to take time. But, like, you know, maybe Najee Harris's fifth-year extension, maybe something they know that they're going to do. And it's not like they have to negotiate with them. It's just like, hey, we're we're, we're using it, and that's that. And so I, I think that that's, that's part of what's going on there. There was one thing, though, that Omar Khan said that I thought was very – that was a little bit more telling than others – when he was trying to give his non-responses to a lot of things or non-answers to a lot of a lot of the questions we gave him. We'll talk about that here on the other side of this first break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. When you go to Mike's Beer Bar, as we said, it's, it's right next to PNC Park. You can't miss it. It's the best bar because it has so many beer options, and it's a great place to watch sports with great food as well. Mike's Beer Bar, you go in there, they have over 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local area, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. And every single day, they're switching new ones in and out so that you get new options. You never get bored of trying different beers at Mike's Beer Bar. And... On top of that, they have great food like steak on a stone where you get your choice cut of steak brought to you on a heated stone with, so that every single piece that you cut off and you press into um, you, you press into the, uh, the, the stone, you choose how well done you want every single bite of your steak. Go go to my spear bar today and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. When you get there, tell them Chris sent you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. Um, Ray, let's talk about center real quick because Omar Khan's, by the way, if you want to see all the responses, the reason we're not like clipping them in is because we put, I put, we, we put together both his talking availabilities at the, at the combine, both privately with us at the Conrad hotel, and then also publicly at the, uh, at, at the, at the podium, uh, at the combine. So if you want to see everything that Omar Khan said, it's fully and available on YouTube, um, on the, on the post Gazette's YouTube page. So go check that out. But Ray, I thought it was interesting when, when he was asked about the center position because you know they let go Mason Cole, which kind of put them in a position where they don't have a starting center on their on their roster right now. And he brought up like, hey, you know, her big, and then he said there's other experience in the offensive line with you know being able to to play center. Obviously referencing uh, James Daniels, but it was also kind of like there was a follow up, and I think it was Jerry Jerry's follow up that was like, yeah, but like you know starting caliber centers, like guys that that that, that do that and. I didn't feel too. I didn't feel like Omar Khan gave a very strong response about that. I didn't think that he was. He kind of was like, "Listen, like we're not we're not worried about that as much as other things." I felt like there was a bit of a concession where it was like, "Yeah, they're gonna go get a center pretty early in this draft, or get one yeah. in free agency who's going to be a difference maker." Yeah, although he did mention Nate Herbig twice. He, he doubled down. He did say that. He did on, say that. He doubled down on Nate Herbig on Jerry's follow up. Now. That could mean two things. That could mean that they honestly, truly believe that Nate Herbig can be a stopgap center if they don't go out and get a center in the first or second round this year. Or it could mean, hey, message to all the 31 other GMs. Um, maybe we're not interested in a center. Maybe mm-hmm. he's trying to put the smoke screen out there that they really do like um, Nate Herbig, and that's why – you know, he's mentioning his name. So you never want to telegraph what, you, what you're going to do. They, they don't want to broadcast it to the world that they're going to take, um, uh, you know, Jackson Powers Johnson with the first pick or Zach Frazier or whatever their plans are. So, you know, maybe that's why they're trying to, you know, to, to get her big and maybe Daniels or whoever else out there um, that they actually have a center. So that's one way to look at it. Um you know, the free agency thing, I'm not really enthralled with any yes. of the centers in free agency. I think, again, you would be getting stopgap guys there. So to me, it's figuring out the value of where these guys fit on your board. So mm-hmm. Jackson Powers Johnson, a lot of people are putting him into the middle of the first round, like 15 to, to 25. That's where he is. I, I think that's pretty much a consensus if, if you look at it. But I was looking at Lance Zierlein's, um, he does the big board for NFL.com. Mm-hmm. Jackson Powers Johnson is probably in the 30s on his list. He right. has almost every single tackle, mm-hmm. left and right tackle, graded above uh, Powers uh, uh, Powers Johnson. So um, it, it all depends on where Andy grades these guys. You know, if, if he is a if he has a right tackle who's significantly graded better than Powers Johnson on his board, they're going to take the tackle and they'll worry yeah. about the center later. So, um, and, and that's a risk, you know, because you don't know if Zach Frazier is going to fall. You don't know Graham Bart. You don't know what how any of these guys are going to go off the board. But, you know, we, we, we say this all the time you got to be true to your board. You can't reach for guys and you certainly can't reach for centers when they traditionally don't get drafted that high. So, um, you know, it's a topic we're going to be discussing for 
for seven more weeks here. I don't honestly don't know if there's any more clarity coming out of the combine about what it's going to be. The, the one thing I, I do think now as we sit here today before free agency, Chris, center, right tackle, or corner, those are going to be – one of those three is going to be the first-round pick. I really can't see any other position. So um, we'll see what happens in free agency. But as we sit here right now, I think those are the three positions you're looking at there at uh, number 20. I feel you on that. And I, I think that that makes um, – that, that that that's just what's being said here. And I, I'll dip into – because I was I was saving this for the third segment. But I'll, I'll, we'll start it here and we'll, we can carry it over to the third segment. But also, you know, he was uh, – Omar Khan was asked about Broderick Jones. And, and I like, is he going to be a right tackle or do you want to move the left tackle? And he said, we drafted Broderick Jones to be yeah. a left tackle. And he said, maybe not right away, but eventually he's going to be the left tackle. And I think – that was a pretty that was one of the stronger statements I thought he made in either of the, the availabilities that he had yeah. um on Thursday. And to me, that's a sign that's like, okay, so there's a lot of right tackles that are in that are first yeah. round grades in this draft that could yeah. be you know starter capable. And to yeah. me, like you said, if those guys rank above Jackson Powers Johnson or whoever you got at center, that says a lot. I think that, that opens yeah. the door there. So Chris, we got a non-answer from Mike Tomlin after the season ended about Broderick mm-hmm. Jones, he basically said he could play right, he could play left. That, that's all we got out of him. There's actually a lot of insight there because Omar Khan said, this guy's a left tackle. Yeah. So it does, as you sit back here, you know, you these first-round picks are under contract for four years, five years if you like him, you pick up the option. What sense does it make to play the number 14 overall pick in his first two seasons out of position. So for me, that tells me they're going to do everything in their power to make sure he's on the left side this year. And, you know, it's easy, Chris, if you draft a tackle with 20, or if you draft a tackle in the second round that you think can start right away, that solves all your problems. But if you don't, I don't think they're hamstrung. Um, You know, you can see if Dan Moore can play on the right side. I don't think he can. I don't think they think he can, but, Go back to training camp. Spencer Anderson's best position, mm. where he played the most in training camp. Very good point. Was tackle. They kept Spencer Anderson on the roster all season. He didn't go up and down to the practice squad. They liked him. They wanted to develop him. So, you know, we're all kind of fixated on, you know, first-round tackle, this and that. But just keep Spencer Anderson's name in mind here. I think – he could be a possibility if they don't get a starter in the first or second round in this draft. I think he's a possibility for a guy who could fight for that job in OTAs and then in training camp. I certainly think that would be very interesting to see. And Brian Bacco and I talked about this, I think maybe a week or two ago about who are some players that are lower level roster guys, guys that weren't seeing a lot of playing time who could step up into more significant roles for the Steelers, Spencer Anderson, right tackle. Hold on to that one. That's a, that's a, that's a nugget of uh nugget of, uh, I think so a little bit of fortune telling here from Ray Filippato. If, and again, they still want to get a start, like a starting right tackle yeah. from the draft. Like if they, if, if JC Latham falls to 20, like, okay, you know, yeah. you know, Spencer Anderson, go wait on the bench. But at the same time, like, you know, if, things don't work out that way they have to be prepared for the contingency plan and that'd be an interesting one i want to talk about other plans that they that they have uh including you know some of the positions other positions they're talking about here on the north shore drive podcast for the pittsburgh post because that chris carter rafe and Apato stick with us we'll be right back 
Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, uh, hello, and welcome back to the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, talking all things Steelers here at the Combine. It's been Combine week. We got a chance to talk to linebackers, and that's a position that Omar Khan kind of also dipped in, uh, dipped in a little bit here. Ray, I thought it was interesting what he said about Cole Holcomb and his injury. And, you know, again, didn't say anything super definitive, but the way that he answered the question about his injury maybe tipped a little bit of the Steelers' hand like, hey, linebacker is a concern they have to be careful of. Yeah, I mean, listen, I can't remember the exact word, but he said it was a severe injury. Anytime Mm -hmm. you hear that, you know it's not a typical nine-month ACL recovery where he potentially can be there in week one. I don't think that's going to be the case. Omar's words were something to the effect of um, we expect him back at some point. So a 12-month recovery from a devastating knee injury would be early November. So obviously now, Chris, you got to go out and sign a starting inside linebacker, a three-down inside linebacker in free agency, or you got to spend a high draft pick on one. And I don't think you do that in the first round, but – no. Maybe you do that second or third round. Uh, Chris, look at it. You have a Landon Roberts and Mark Robinson on this roster. They're downhill, run-stopping linebackers. You don't want those guys in coverage, okay? Roberts played there out of necessity last year. He had to play three downs when everyone's injured, but that's not how he's going to help the team most. If you need a three-down inside linebacker, You're either going to have to spend some money in free agency and go get that guy like they did last year with Holcomb, or you got to invest a high draft pick in in a guy like Peyton Wilson or Jeremiah Trotter Jr. or Edger and Cooper or any of those guys um, who were up on the podiums yesterday. So it's a little bit of a dilemma. Again, I I think that's something more that we learned this week, that uh, Mike Tomlin didn't shed a lot of light on that um, a few days after the season ended, but Omar – um, did a little bit more. I, I think it's going to be well into October or November until we see Holcomb, and I think that's for a, that's a problem for the Steelers as they try to, you know, prepare for free agency and the draft here. It is, uh, and I believe I believe that at this time we're recording. I think all the events that were for the linebackers are done. But and uh, looking at the forty yard dash, the top guy there is Peyton Wilson out of NC, out of NC State with a four point four three forty yard dash. That is very fast for a 6'4 linebacker. Granted, he has a serious injury history. Yeah. That's impressive. I mean, he's a big dude, Chris. I, I was at mm-hmm. his podium yesterday. That is freaky fast for, mm-hmm. for a guy who is who is that big. Um, two ACL tears in his history, one in high school, uh, I think one early in college, and then a fairly serious shoulder injury uh, in 2021. So, yeah, I mean, that that injury history is there. Um, so again, you, you have to weigh the risk. When is the right time to pick a guy like Peyton Wilson? Maybe he's got a second round grade. 
but you have to weigh the injury history. Can you maybe get him in a bargain like in the third round? Or, you know, you just have to figure that out. So um, he, he's an interesting guy. I mean, he, he was good when he was healthy, but he wasn't healthy a whole heck of a lot um, for, for the Wolfpack at NC State. Right. And, I mean, we've seen injury impact draft stocks. Look at Darnell Washington. Everyone was talking about his yep. knees, knee injuries. And, yep. you know, before the you – know, or going into the draft process, before people were talking about the injuries, they were talking about maybe he's a second-round pick. You know, there were some people saying he should be a first-round pick. And I was like, okay, that's a little much. But, like, still, they were higher talk. The Steelers were able to trade down in the third and still get him. So, yeah. you know, granted, I think Darnell Washington's a bit different of a prospect than Peyton, Peyton Wilson. Peyton Wilson's, like, a proven starting linebacker. Darnell Washington was more of, like, you know – one of the later options in Georgia's offense in, in, in that season. But still, um, I, I, I'm right with you. If Peyton Wilson falls falls a bit, it could make it an interesting get uh, for the Steelers because that's the thing. If you spend a second-round pick to get a Peyton Wilson, you know, if he if he's healthy, it's a great pick in my opinion. Yeah. I think he turns in that guy. But if he's not, then you've burned a second-round pick on another linebacker that's going to be out for a lot of games. Yep. That's why those guys get paid the big bucks, Chris. That's those are hard <laughs> roster decisions that uh, they're going through right now. Hey, listen, maybe it's an easy decision. Maybe the maybe. doctors look, looked at him and say, "Boom, he's he's good to go." Or maybe they said, "He's listen, he's got um, he's going to play five years in the NFL, and that's it." Um, so they know, okay, third round or after or whatever. So those those are you know they have all this information. We don't. We're trying to speculate, but. Really, after this week, they're going to have a much better idea um, of where they are with these prospects and where they're going to be on their big board. Absolutely. And another thing about this, too, like we talked to a lot of the linebackers. The Steelers are visiting with a lot of these top linebackers. Not all of the linebackers, like, you know, Tommy Eichenberg might be like one of the few like lower level linebackers that would be like a, a late a mid to late day three pick. But like you talk to those guys, I think Peyton Wilson, they, they hadn't officially officially met with him yet by the time we talked to him. But uh, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., uh, uh, Edgerin Cooper, um, Cedric Gray, like, like you know, there a bunch of those guys that, that, are, that are being because Junior Colson, a major one in Junior Colson, all of those guys. Uh, you know, said like, yeah, we talked to Mike Tomlin. We liked Mike Tomlin. We liked the Steelers. We, we appreciated those conversations. I think it's very clear that they want to get a linebacker. I mean, yeah. Ray, the last time they hit at linebacker in the draft was Ryan Chazier. That's a long time ago. That, is, that, is that 10 years now? That's 10 years yeah. since they got they really hit at the position in the draft. 2014, that's exactly a decade ago. And uh, I mean, you hate to go back and look at it, but how much different would it be right now? Obviously, Ryan wouldn't still be playing. Mm -hmm. I don't think. I mean, maybe he would be. He came. He actually came into the league pretty young, but mm -hmm. you know, he'd be on the tail end of his career. You no, know, everything would have changed. You know, Devin Bush. They wouldn't have had to pick drafted. Devin Bush. Yeah. So it's just uh, they've just had terrible luck, um, really, since 2017. You know, after Ryan, there were stopgap guys, then Devin, more stopgap guys, injuries, guys off the couch. It's it's been a mess, and I think they're finally going to try to to fix it once again here this year, four years, actually five years after the Devin Bush pick. We'll see who they try to do that with. We'll keep you up to date with all the all the things you need to know about the combine and the draft at uh, Post Gazette Post Gazette dot com with the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Chris Carter, Ray Fotopato, thanks so much for tuning into the North Shore Drive podcast. Ray's going to head back. We're going to we're going to do one more episode for the Monday episode where I think I'm going to still be in Indy because I got to talk to some pit players. 
we were talking or talking at the end of the week. But we're not done talking about the combine as on, on the post gazette. Get all of our reactions to more on what Omar Khan said from from Ray and Jerry who've been here, and then we'll also be taking a closer look at all the different prospects who are getting through their events throughout the weekend at on, at, the, at the Scott the Combine. From Chris and Ray, thanks so much for tuning into the show. We hope we'll see we'll see you Monday here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.